in today's show. We're looking at the updated rankings, or actually the first real rankings, that ESPN has published for fantasy basketball, for category leagues, and for points leagues. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. I think I just automatically said Yahoo Sports Australia. I'm not there anymore, but that doesn't matter. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. All right. We are here to talk about ESPN. Don't laugh. We're talk about ESPN because they have put out rankings. They are not a great place to have fantasy basketball, to be honest. They don't give it the attention it deserves. And we're going to show some of the things that are off at the moment. And there might be, there'll be some changes at some point. And just there's the weirdness of what actually goes on on this site with what they do. We'll start with ESPN Points Leagues, and I go through my sleepers and busts based on a list that they just put out, a ranking list they just put out. Um, the thing that's... I, I, just, I just don't know. I wish I had an explanation for what this was based on because it doesn't make a ton of sense when we look at the projections on that ESPN Fantasy Points League list. Yeah, it makes all sense at the top. Yeah, Jokic is one, Giannis is two, Lucas three, Embiid's four. That's all well and good. And then we'll talk about what happens after that soon. We'll start by looking at some sleepers. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. These guys are all ranked too low on that list, I think. Kyrie's at 39. I know that there are concerns about Kyrie. I, I, I know all of that. He was 10th per game last season. You can't, you can't let him go into round four. He's not a fourth-round player. I'm sorry. Like, you just can't let him go that far down. Anthony Davis was eighth per game last season. He's at 28. You've got to take a flyer round two somewhere. I think at 28, it's too far down. Zion, this is a top 10 fantasy points player. I know that there is injury risk. Have you seen him, though? He looks pretty bloody good. I think he's fully healed. He's not coming in with an injury. He's, he's fine. He's ready to go. He's at 37. That's baking in just a lot of risk. Yes, I know there is risk with those three guys. And I wouldn't draft all three of them. Kyrie, Davis, and Zion. Or even throw Kawhi in there at number 38. Like, I wouldn't draft all of those guys together. There's no way. I'm a fun guy. (laughs) But they're all too low. Kyrie's two rounds too low. Davis is at least a round too low. Zion's two to three rounds too low. Um, Kawhi is two two rounds too low. These should be guys going in the 20s, end of the second round. Davis and Zion are first-round players in an ESPN points league on a per-game basis, and you're getting them there in round three or round four, allegedly, with Zion at 37. It's too low. And then there's this one, which there's not, the injury risk isn't here with Tyrus Halliburton. He's at 36. He was 29th per game last season, Tyrus. 
So expecting a step back, despite it being a full season for him in Indiana. Rationalize it, you can't. There's, I don't. It makes no sense. Is he injured? No. Is he in a better spot than where he was most of last season? Absolutely. Is he young and in his third year? Yeah, all those things are true. That's crazy. I think that in some spots, Anthony Edwards is getting overvalued. Not here. Edwards is, was 44th last season in ESPN per game points leagues. It's 43rd this year. I think he jumps up. Scotland Barnes. Again, some people overhype Scotty Barnes. He was 63rd last year. Wouldn't you know it? Bang on 63rd this year. No improvement expected. Jakob Pertl at 73. Yes, there is some risk associated with Pertl, but he was 52nd per game last year. And maybe he gets an extra couple of shots with DeJounte Murray gone. 73 is just too low. These guys are falling way too far. Jalen Green at 68 is too low for me as is his teammate, cousin Kevin Porter Jr. at 107. Porter was 79th last season. Why are we expecting a 30-spot drop-off for him? Jalen Green was 135th last season. He struggled. Yes, I still think 68 is too low. Keldon Johnson at 72, I think, is value in him. I think he might crack top 50 in ESPN points. Vassell's at 93. I think he's better than that. Jalen Smith, well, actually, Larry Markin at 139. This was done after the Mitchell trade. So there's no real reason for me that Lowry should be sitting there. Last season, Larry Markkinen was 113th, playing for Cleveland. And now he's 139th, playing for Utah. Jalen Smith's not ranked. Not in the top 200. Don't worry about him. He's not ranked. That's uh, pretty crazy. He is a top 80 player, at least. Gordon Hayward's at 118. We know that he's consistently being ranked too low. Brandon Clark, it is dependent on... Jaron Jackson's availability, and Clark is a better category league guy. But I also, ESPN Standard Leagues are 130 players drafted. They're saying don't draft Brandon Clark if you've got him at 145. And that's last round territory in a uh, 12-team league. It's just too low. Those None of those numbers make sense. Mikael Bridges is at 113. Now, Mikael Bridges, we know, isn't as good in a points league versus a category league. But in ESPN points leagues, efficiency matters. He was 92nd last season. I don't expect him to be there. And the one situation where you can draft RJ Barrett is in points leagues. But he's at 130. He is, and we'll talk more about him later, get a feeling that, and actually, I was going to say, I get a feeling they mixed it up. I don't know how that is actually possible. But RJ Barrett is a, was 103 last year. I think he's a top 100 guy this season. And they're going to be 130. PJ Washington Jr. was 123rd last season, and Miles Bridges is gone. So he's fallen down 20 spots. He's 149th. It's massive, massive value. Monty Morris is at 141. He was 111th last season. He's at least going to give us that, I would say. Nick Claxton is somehow at 282. He was 177th last season. Again, he is going to be starting, I would guess. Steven Adams, 143. Where he really thrives is in points leagues versus category leagues. He was 114th last season. He's 143 on this list. And then if it's a Zubat, too, with their backup center being nobody, no center, it's going to be Covington. But Zubat should be able to do more than he did last season where he was 119th, and you can get him 147 as their ranking for him. They also don't have Trey Jones ranked at all. He's a top 80 player, I would expect, this season. Just some wild misses. I don't know why they are so far off some of these. And the logic doesn't make sense. Why is RJ Barrett at 130? 
Why is PJ worse than... Even if you just started with a list from last season and you had Scotty Barnes at 63 and you kept him there, you know, Anthony Edwards at the same spot. Like, why are you saying, well, I've got my list. I'm going to move Claxton down 110 spots. Why is RJ Barrett moving down 40 spots or 30 spots? Why is Monty Morris moving teams, starting again, moving down 30 spots? Why is Stephen Adams moving down 40 spots? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's just, yeah, it doesn't add up to me. And I wish someone was able to explain some of those to me. But you don't need to explain betonline.net because I know it is the number one source for all of your football betting info, college and pro, for this upcoming season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game. Every game you can find. Week three is underway at the moment with Thursday night action done and in the books. And we can look at all of the odds for the rest of the games. The Lions, five and a half point underdogs against the Vikings. I think the Lions might win. Um, check that one out over at BetOnline. It's your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Find the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. We've done points league sleepers. Let's do some points league busts. There are some big ones. Why is Steph Curry ranked at five? ESPN's points league settings had Steph Curry 14th per game last season. We have as much risk of him resting this season than last season. Like I'm not touching him at five. He's not even a first round guy in an ESPN points league to me. What are we doing? Damian Lillard struggled last season. He was 31st in points leagues. He's historically not a good points league player. I'm not taking him at seven. Shea Gildas-Alexander. Now, this was done before the knee injury news to Shea, which I think it dropped Shea down a little bit, but he literally might be ready for opening night. That, that is possible. But why are we drafting Shea at 14 before the news of the injury? That would have been insane to pick him at 14. But there he is. Towns is at 10. Carl Anthony Towns last season in an ESPN points league, if I could find his name because I've just completely lost it at the moment, he was 12th. Okay. So expecting improvement? Not sure about that one. Paul George at 13th. Paul George, we like Paul George, obviously. He was 17th per game last season. Points leagues revolve a lot around usage and he's going to lose some of that. He's not a guy that I'm looking to improve on from last season. And then Don Mitchell. Now this was done after the Donovan Mitchell trade. And there he sits. Too high. He's Don. He's good. Don Mitchell is a guy that you want probably third round rather than second round. Jim Butler at 18. No. no. Like, no. Look, Jim Butler might be a per-game guy that you want there. But per game, per game in ESPN Points League's last season, 26th. Per game. Yeah, no. No way. Third round. Fourth round maybe in ESPN Points League's for Jim Butler. Um, and then DeMar DeRozan. Is it number 22? I know DeRozan was quite good last season, but you are drafting him at 22. You're expecting him to do exactly the same thing because he was 21st last season. And I am not. Now, maybe that one could be debated and people think he's going to do the same thing. I don't. Um, but yeah, that's still expecting a lot. So I think I think that's a bust. I also don't get why Brandon Ingram would be at 25, but he is. Ingram was 41st last season. It's a big step up. Nick Vucevic, the big fella. Is Vucevic. He's coming in at 27. He was 33rd last season. It gives, I guess it is conceivable 
that he improves on last season, but I, I'm not burning a pick that early on him, nor am I doing it on CJ McCollum at 34. So we've got Ingram and CJ both ranked higher than Zion Williamson in a points league. Yep, no. Julius Randle, the double royal. He is at 42. Now, Randall, quite obviously, is a better points league player than he is a category league player, but he was 51st last season. I'm not looking at him and going, yeah, yeah, I'll go higher than that with the addition of Brunson. What about the headmaster, Jamal Murray, at 44? It's too high, man. Like, it's, I like Jamal Murray. It's too high. Off the ACL, he'll probably miss some back-to-backs early. It's too high. Anthony Simons at 61? Yeah, too high for me. I think Simons... I thought he was being underrated in some spots, and you saw the auction draft yesterday where he went for like two bucks or something. Um, he was 108th in points leagues last season, playing 29 minutes a night. He'll play more minutes. I don't think he's worth 61. I also don't think the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris, is worth 71. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Now, to be fair, Harris was 64th last season. I just think he's going to suffer a pretty significant drop as the fourth offensive option on this team. You... You, you couldn't explain this one to me. Why is Malcolm Brogdon 53rd? He was per game, 48th last season. Maybe that's why he's 53rd. But situations exist. Teams exist. Other players exist. 53, good luck. If you're in an ESPN and you get stuck on auto-draft and you're going to end up with Malcolm Brogdon at 53, good luck with it. I also, look... This is debatable. I'm not a big Jeremy Grant fan this season, so I wouldn't pick him at 92, and I bloody hell wouldn't pick John Wall at 91 or Karis LeVert at 90. I don't understand that. Russell Westbrook at 58. Bye-bye draft. DeAndre Hunter at 109. DeAndre Hunter wasn't top 200 last season, so nothing, literally nothing has changed. In fact, things might have gotten worse with the addition of um, DeJounte Murray in terms of his usage. That makes no sense. Marvin Bagley, 101. To be fair, this was before the Boyan Bogdanovich deal. So not taking Marvin Bagley, round 10 pick on Marvin Bagley. And Devontae Graham, who literally, literally might not be in the rotation at 111. Now, Devontae Graham played minutes last season. He was 159th in 28 minutes a night. So we're expecting him to be much better than that. I think he's going to be much worse. Much, much worse. Like, significantly worse. That's the, some of those are crazy. I'm saving the craziest... The absolute craziest ranking until last. You're going to want to see it. Stick around. That's it for points leagues. Let's talk category leagues. Um, the category league thing is weird. There's an article out there. It's by um, Eric Moody, who tweeted out his rankings of the day. And I think this encapsulates a lot of the ESPN problems. He's like, most of you follow me for football and all my football stuff, but here's some basketball rankings. They don't care. And that's not to say Eric didn't put in effort, but... I, and I'm not saying I'm going to I'm going to do better than everyone. I'm not, right? Like, there's things I get right and wrong, but I dedicate 365 days a year to the NBA and to looking at this stuff. Not like, here's a random list that I'm throwing together while football's on. Like, they don't care ESPN. That's a resource thing. It's not a slight to what Eric does. They're making him do this when he's not paying attention to what's happening in the NBA because he's paying attention to the NFL and that's what he's doing most of the time. All right, and that, that's a real problem with their value. The other thing is, is he put out this category list rank. You go into a draft and, and you could this thing where it says edit pre-ranks and it's based on his ranks and you get into the draft and the ranking's different. It's completely different. It's not anything based on his rank. So they've got two different ranks. You go in 
to the draft and he's got his rank there. And then you go in and it's ordered in a different way. Now, I think that will adjust. But when you go in, it's ordered and DeJounte Murray's at seven, like L-O-L. I don't get it. I think that will adjust and they'll import his rankings into the draft room, but it's not there yet. So I'm not going to go through and look at sleepers and bust bust based on those draft room rankings. I'm going to base it on this article, this Eric Moody list, which I think will get ported into the draft room. There's still plenty of value, I think. So let's look at some category sleeper options from that new ESPN ranking list. Halliburton's at 21. I think that's basically where he was last season. And again, much like in the points league one, are we expecting him to not improve at all from last season? I think that would be a mistake. LeBron is at 22. LeBron James. He was at 22. I think he was, was he fourth last season? Yes, I expect him to step back. I think he's a good second, early second round pick, late first. 22, maybe you're taking into consideration the games played. But we'll see later. There are some players where you don't seem to care about that. That's what. Look, just give me a reason, give me an explanation, and give me something that makes sense. Because that doesn't. Same with having Kawhi at 39. Yes, he will miss some time. But even if he plays 60 games, he's better than this by total value. Cade's at 52. Now, I might be in the minority. I'm not in the minority, but not everyone believes in Cade. I think he's significantly better than this. But this is about where he finished last season. Again, no improvement at all. Okay. Scott Barnes at 74. Now, of course, I am the world's number one Scott Barnes hater. Everyone knows this. Scotty Barnes was really good last season. Why are we expecting a significant drop-off from him? It's not to say that it can't happen because drop-offs can happen for anybody at any point. But, you know, he was, what, 67th last season? Expecting a regression. Jalen Green at 83, I think is too low. Jalen Brunson at 89 is definitely too low in my opinion. Clay Thompson at 95 also doesn't make a ton of sense. I think we know Clay has some issues, but he's a scorer. He'll play more games this year. Um, and hopefully his efficiency goes up because that was a problem last season. Kevin Porter Jr. is at 98. I really am big on Kevin Porter this season. I think I'd be 30 spots higher. Larry Markinen at 102. This is after Mitchell trade. So they have made the adjustment, just haven't gone high enough. Shingoon, the delicate dancer. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Now, I talked with Jared yesterday on the auction mock draft, saying is it possible that some of these guys are pushing too high up, like him and Vassal and guys like, guys like that. And we agreed, yeah, I think they could. But Shingoon's at 104. That's too low. So a nice little sweet spot in the 70s, the 80s, you like that, and you push to 50, you might, might get too far, far up. And this is what doesn't make sense. I just did the points league list, and Jamal Murray was at 44. I'm like, that's too early. And he's at 130. The headmaster just all over the place here. 130? What? Paulo Banquero is at 137. All right, so you hate rookies. That's fine. Monty Morris is at 141. Too low. Herbalife Jones at 151. Now, I do expect Jones to not necessarily take a big step forward. 151 is insane to me. It's not as insane as having Franz Wagner at 152. That makes zero sense. And it also doesn't make sense if you're going to have Paolo at 137. Like, I could see you could have Franz. He's going to drop off because Paolo is coming in. But Paolo at 137, there's plenty of space if he's going to, if Paolo's not going to be good, which is what that ranking would suggest, for Franz to be at least as good as last season, if not better. They are both pretty crazy to me. Keegan Murray at 155. I, no. I don't, I, 
again, there's a there's a risk of rookies struggling. I think he's got to be higher than that. But I, I can there can be reasonable arguments made on, on Murray. Anthony Simons at 159. Now I just talked about him at 90 in the points league ranking being too high. Um, 159 is way too low. It's way too low. He should be around the 100 mark, maybe into the maybe at 110 or something. I don't know. Maybe he's 90 in a category league. I think he's a little bit more valuable. The next two, next three, don't make any sense. Trey Jones at 167. Nonsense. Devin Vassell at 168. Come on. Um, Markel Fultz at 170. I get maybe you think Cole Anthony will be the starter. I understand that. I still think that's real value for Fultz at 170. Kelly Linick. Now, this is there's a couple of things I could put here. Having Kelly Linick at 172 before he was traded to Utah was ridiculously high. Now that he's in Utah, I don't know that he's going to start, but I do think that he's got an opportunity to play some good minutes and at least be a last-round pick. Kevin Herter at 175, a solid last-round guy. And same with the big stiffy himself, Bones Highland. I was looking through the list, and I was I did a control F. You know, I tried to find these names. Hey, where, where are the Smitties? Where, where? Oh, should I get an op- another opportunity to uh, hit this sound, even though Matt's not here? Ah, Smitty. Well, they're both not there. Jabari Smith and Jalen Smith are not in the top 200. And as crazy as that is, because I, I just, I don't believe it. I'm going to look again. No, they're not. Neither of them are in the top 200. N- neither Jalen Smith or Jabari Smith are in the top 200 category league rankings. And I wish, I'm going to bring the hammer down on this later on. It's like a big punchline to a lo- to a 20, to a 30 minute joke. Just remember, that these guys are not in the top 200 when we get when we when we drop the punchline later in the show. Um, busts. I talked about LeBron and Kawhi falling down. Oh, we're worried about their games played. Jimmy Butler's at 13 and Shea Gildas Alexander's at 14. So that reasoning doesn't hold. It doesn't make any sense. You can't take Jimmy Butler 13 if you're worried about injuries. You probably shouldn't even do it per game. You can't take Shea there either. And I know that he comes in. Yeah, this is before the injury news, but it doesn't matter. Like, 14's too high. Don Mitchell, this is after the trade. It's too high for him at 24. Rob Williams, I don't know if this is before or after the injury, so I can give him the pass there. But I'll, I'll tell you now, 26 for Rob Williams, the Rock DJ. Rock DJ. It's way too high. I'm not touching him inside the top 70. Knee injury, knee surgery. There'll be limited minutes returning. He might fire up later on, but I'm not doing it in the top 50. Maga Porter Jr. at 47. We're not worried. We're not worried about injuries here, apparently. 47 for Michael Porter Jr. It's just it eliminates all value. Why would you put him there? I, I don't I don't get it. CJ McCollum at 48 is too high for me. And the Thick Hogsman somehow ranked higher in this than in the points leagues. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Tobias Harris at 57. Jeremy Grant at 62. We're expecting him to be better than he was in Detroit. I don't I don't really see how that's possible. I honestly just don't. Is he going to have the same usage with more efficiency? Is he going to start rebounding the ball? I, I don't see how this is remotely possible. And this is what I was talking about before. I don't know. Again, it is impossible that they could have done this. But they definitely switched the rankings of RJ Barrett for category leagues and points leagues. Somebody switched them. But it's impossible because they're two separate people doing their own lists. So how did that name get missed? Because RJ Barrett on a category league is 64. The guy wasn't top 200. He's never been top 130. But in points leagues, he is a top 100 player. Yet he's 70 spots lower in a points league than a category league. What am I seeing here? What am I missing? Andy Wiggins is at 68. That's a great points league spot. It's a horrendous category league spot. 
I think Sadiq Bay at 85 is probably too high with his inefficiency problems, which might improve, but I think he loses a bit of usage with Boyan there. Norman Powell at 91. Come on. Uh, we like Norman Powell. Is there enough shots or minutes available? No way I'm taking him there. Mike Conley at 97. <sighs> no. So much uncertainty. Levert at 107. Terrible category league play. He needs 30 minutes, I reckon, in an ideal scenario to get that, and he's not in an ideal situation. And there's Now, normally, I'm not going to pick on guys who are with an ADP outside the top 100. Levert was worth mentioning, but these, these ones are absolutely worth highlighting. Cameron Payne at 113. Ca- Cameron Payne at 113. Now, Cameron Payne was quite good when he replaced Chris Paul. We're taking a handcuff in round 10 as one of our starters. No, there is no way. And Royce O'Neal at 116. How many of you forgot Royce O'Neal plays for Brooklyn? A reserve in Brooklyn at 116. And you might think they are the punchlines to my ranking jokes about Franz Wagner at 152 or about Jabari Smith or Jalen Smith being unranked. You might think that's the punchline, but it's not. Some of you may have seen the list and you know what's coming. But LaMarcus Aldridge is ranked 118th on this list. Now, again, it's a resource thing. It's a focus thing. But if you're not paying attention to the NBA, you might not know that LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't play for any team. He doesn't play. He, he's not on a roster. So suggesting that he would go as a player you draft to be in your active lineup is unfathomably bad. I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Moody. Like, I know you're focusing on other spots and you're put in a tough position, but that is insane. It's as bad as Yahoo projecting Carmelo Anthony hit 153s this season. That is crazy. So if you ever wanted to know, should I trust ESPN's projections or rankings? Here you go. Everyone will get rankings wrong. Everyone will get projections wrong. I will get them wrong all the time. I will give you my thoughts on why I think something will happen or why something should happen or my views on it. And then I could be completely wrong because someone comes out and shoots 10% better from three, starts hitting, going from two free throw attempts to seven, triples their or doubles their assist rate like Josh Hart did last season. Stuff that you can't really foresee, right? That Mistakes will happen all the time. But, but that... LaMarcus Aldridge at 118 as a 10th round player on an active spot on a roster disqualifies everything. It, there is no justification in the world. Remember, Jabari Smith and Jalen Smith are unranked. There's probably some other guys that are unranked as well. Oh, there's, look, there's so many around here. DeAndre Hunter's at, Hunter's at 119. Just one behind LaMarcus Aldridge. Let me reel off some names behind LaMarcus Aldridge on this list. Um, who yeah, a better Jamal Murray, one of them, one of them there. Um, yeah, uh, Jaden McDaniel's, Paulo Banquero, Cameron Johnson, Monty Morris, Stephen Adams, Jalen Suggs, Claxo, um, Pat Williams is a flyer. Herb Jones, Franz Wagner, Keegan Murray, Anthony Simons, Kelly Oubre. There's other names. Trey Jones, Devin Vassell. How do you look at a list? And go, all right, Aldridge one eighteen, Vassell one sixty seven. Pens down. I'm done. And it sounds unnecessarily harsh, but ESPN, 
the individuals, I'm sure they're nice guys and they work really hard. Actually, I know Andre's the point. The guy does a point seven. I know he's a good guy and I know he's really good on fantasy. They just stretch him into other stuff that put no focus on this thing. And mistakes are going to come when you don't pay attention. That's what happens. You see it now. I, when I do mock drafts and I'm busy chatting to someone, mistakes get made. This is you're trying to put these lists out and you're front and center ESPN. Here are my lists. Like mistakes get made. It's embarrassing. And by the time you listen to this, maybe they've, someone's pointed out and gone, hey, you know, Marcus Aldridge doesn't actually play for anyone. So probably don't want to draft him in round 10. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app for here on YouTube. You know what to do. You thumb it up. You th- shove it right in the middle. You drop your comments. You ring the bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.